0: Holy cow, you guys, are we already in season two? What? Of course we are because I run the podcast and I decided, you know what? We're going to go to season two. Even though technically season one was only five episodes, there was a couple bonus episodes in there. So it was about seven, eight episodes long. So it's about the average length runtime you'd expect to see in the most modern TV shows with their seasons, right? Right, totally. All right, guys, welcome to Dread Talks. This episode is going to be our first episode of season two here on Dread Talk. And this season is going to be wild. I am not kidding with this one. The amount of things that I have uncovered about this entire situation is insane. Absolutely insane. But. There's so much of it, I can't even fit it into one episode. I mean, technically I could, but it'd be an incredibly long episode. So without further ado, you guys, this is season two on Dread Talk. We are going to be talking about monkey feet, and I told you I was going to come up with a fun title and a name for this. So season two is Monkey Business for Monkey Feet, and we're going to be starting it off here on Dread Talk. This is dread talk all right guys welcome back to dread talk I am your host lady dreadnought this is season two monkey business for monkey feet now as always a full disclaimer that is going to be happening number one everything stated in here yes there are facts intermingled but the majority of it is an opinion it is my opinion now part of running this podcast and part of my channel as I'm all about promoting critical thinking, which means if you hear any facts in here and you want to double check to ensure that they are correct, I encourage you to do so. Please formulate your own opinions and your own thoughts and your own concerns by doing the research as well. So please look up as much as you can that you feel you want to question and see if it's correct and accurate. Please do so. On that note, thank you to all of you for helping Dread Talk to reach top 20 in after show talk shows, podcasts through Apple Podcasts. We got it within the first 30 days of being a podcast. So for the 30 days rating and all the other stuff that they look at on Apple Podcasts. During those 30 days, we did hit top 20. We're actually number 20, which was pretty cool. So thank you so much to all of you for helping us to reach that. If you are listening to us or this is your first time here, welcome. You can find our podcast in any episode wherever you listen to your podcasts. So without further ado, here we go. We're gonna start off episode one, Season 2 of Dread Talk, this is Monkey Business for Monkey Feet. So, episode 1, the beginning. dun dun da. I know, right? I know. So, if you're new to this whole thing and you have no clue what is happening, that's good. Because that's the whole reason why we're doing this season. Now... I like to view myself at this point as more of an investigative journalist. I cannot say that I'm a private investigator because, let's face it, you need a license for that. I am most definitely not an FBI agent because I am not part or associated with the Federal Bureau of Investigation. I am, for all intents and purposes, an investigative journalist. I am about finding the facts and delivering them to you unbiased so you can form your own opinion. So, when I got, got, my bad, rewind when I received information about monkey feet, the first thing I said was what the hell is this? I had no clue, no freaking clue. I have kids. Yes, but my kids are well above the age of needing to wear children's shoes. So if you don't know what monkey feet is, that's fine. Now, monkey feet is this children's shoe wear company. They on paper, which means legal purposes, formed an LLC in 2015 in New Jersey. They have changed their agents and or their address four times with the state since then, but they have at least been registered as an LLC since 2015. Now, prior to that, I am unsure if she was in operation or not. I have heard multiple stories on that line on if she is actually been up in business up and running her business before 2015 but I cannot confirm those details so I'm not going to quote that so monkey feet started off as a children's shoe company the owner of monkey feet is Rachel Delfonso she's been on the news quite a lot lately her husband, Eric D'Alfonso, is also associated with the business. However, on paper, registered with New Jersey, the registered agent is Rachel D'Alfonso. Eric is her husband, and they also run the business together. They've been in lives together. He promotes a business. She promotes a business. So for all intents and purposes, they do run it themselves. But legally speaking, the state of New Jersey recognizes the LLC as being registered to the agent AKA. Rachel Delfonso. Now here's some interesting things that I dug up here. Here's, here's where things start to get suspicious. Okay. So monkey feet, we know established in 2015 as an LLC in New Jersey. The story is, is that Rachel Delfonso made shoes for children. She wanted to have nice shoes for her kids that didn't cost a ridiculous amount of money. And they were nice and they had great quality. She essentially wanted to be the person you would know of, of making these children's shoes. And she, in her words, the reason and how she came up with the name Monkey Feet is her husband, Eric, like sang it in a lullaby to their kids and used Monkey Feet in the song. That's what that's the story that's been pitched. Now, this is where things get a little interesting because for the longest time Monkey Feet, she was making her own shoes. And again, this episode is about the beginning, so you get to hear the history of Monkey Feet, okay? During my due diligence and research into this company, I discovered that there were multiple companies with the name Monkey Feet. Now, one of them is actually more of athletic wear, so they don't really count. Monkey Feet, aka Rachel D'Alfonso, she does have a trademark for Monkey Feet. However, that's not the concerning part, the interesting part. So in New Jersey, there is another LLC. And this LLC is also called Monkey Feeds. Okay. This one was registered in 2010. And it's not under Rachel Delfonso, it's under a completely different name. No idea if there's any association with one another. But this company is listed as Retail Baby Gifts. They canceled their LLC in 2013. That's two years before Rachel Delfonso registered her company, Monkey Feet, within New Jersey. Now, I know in and of itself, it's not really that suspicious, and maybe it's just a coincidence. Now, me personally, I don't believe in coincidences. I think everything happens for a reason. First time, sure, maybe it's a coincidence, but the second time is a pattern, and the third time is evidence. And there is the rumor and the speculation here that allegedly Rachel was operating monkey feet before she registered it as an LLC. So she could very well have been operating as monkey feet during the same time this other monkey feet was in operation. I have not been able to reach out to the previous owner of this secondary business of Monkey Feet. I have not been able to find her to be able to ask her what the story is. So I will leave that up to you guys and what you think may have happened. Anyway, so after Rachel DelFonso forms her LLC, she has her first shoes that she's created and she creates these in-house, okay? Things start exploding, they start getting big they got so big to a point that she needed to outsource. So she found a manufacturer in China that could produce the shoes for her. In the meantime, she created a VIP group. This was a group that she had on Facebook, 15,000 members or so. People joined in there where she was giving away grab bat, or not giving away, but (laughs) she would sell shoes. Now, you may not be familiar with VIP groups. Let me give you a little bit of a background on that. It is not uncommon for some small businesses, boutiques, things of that nature, to have a VIP group that they have on social media, primarily Facebook. What happens in these groups is you're considered a VIP. You get first dibs on new products. There's giveaways, there's sales, there's a whole bunch of fun stuff going on behind the scenes. It is a way in a sense, like a private club. So boutiques operate these, A, as an alternative to e-commerce. So instead of having a website where they sell their merchandise, they sell it directly through this Facebook group as a sales channel. Secondary thing or a combination of everything is like that private club. You're a VIP. You're in this group. You're a member. You get to see early releases. You get to have access to early releases. We, we have sneak peeks in here where you get to see new shoes coming up. We're going to do pre-orders, all this fun stuff. It makes you feel like you're part of a private club. I mean, there's a reason why country clubs, private clubs are so lucrative and make so much money. Human nature, you want to be part of a secret organization. That's why pop-up restaurants do so well in New York and in big cities. It's a, you got to know someone who knows someone to be able to have access to these hidden secret things, which is the whole point behind these VIP groups. So in the beginning, Rachel Delfonso and Eric delfonso had this amazing business known as Monkey Feet. It had humble beginnings. She made these gorgeous shoes. People loved her shoes. And then just something started to turn and things got a little fishy. You see, the shoes on average were Anywhere between $20 and $40. Normal, $30 is what you get for these shoes. They were really high quality. If you had multiple children, you'd hand the, the, the shoes down to the next person, the next kid. These looked great. They were unique. They weren't something you could just go down to Walmart and find them on the shelves. Mm-hmm. Like, Even though they were made in big batches, there wasn't a lot of them, so it had that exclusivity option to them. And People really did love her shoes. And it got big. And like Lulu Row, it got big fast. This is where a lot of businesses tend to fail. This is where a lot of businesses can't handle the growth because they haven't predicted it. And so they make really stupid decisions. Now I'm not saying that Rachel herself is stupid. I'm not saying stupid decisions were made. In my opinion, most definitely they were. So as she got bigger, she had this Chinese manufacturer, okay? she's been in operation since 2015. Here we are in 2023. This year, things, actually, I want to say the end of 2022, things started to really come to a head. And in 2023, the true story started to come out. Now, during the pandemic, Rachel D'Alfonso was hurting. She was most definitely hurting, as any business was. She Was doing so great prior to that for five years Mm -hmm. and had so many shoes being produced and so many orders coming through. And then all of a sudden this pandemic hits and this pandemic affected every business on this planet. So she applies for a PPP loan. She was needing help. She really was. She needed help. She needed that PPP loan for payroll. Obviously, she had the documentation to prove that she was going to get that initial PPP loan. She had the document showing what was filed for taxes, how much was paid in payroll, the average salary. Everything was all submitted that is all available for public view. So she was approved for the first one. And she probably needed it. In my opinion, I think she did. I really do. And there have been some people that I have spoken with who agree. There have been some people I have spoken with who will remain anonymous that were a part of the inner dealings with Rachel and Monkey Feats, and they also agree. Now, here's, here's the problem, though. So, in 2020, when she got that first PPP loan, I do believe, in my opinion, she used it for the right purposes. But some things started to come up as a red flag. She moved her company to Florida. She wanted to have a manufacturer in Florida. Now, a lot of this didn't come to light until much, much later, and then that's when we were able to put the clues together. She wanted to get a new manufacturer in Mexico, and her movement was, hey, I'm going to go to Florida. It's easier to get things to come in, okay? I think what happened here is that she started to have a taste of this very lucrative, luxurious lifestyle, and she... Had such a good taste for it, and was looking so successful that she had to keep up appearances. And it, she shot herself in her foot. This long story short, in 2020, she had bought a condo in Florida. She also bought this like four million dollar home in in Florida. And then the following year, she got approved for a secondary PPP loan. And ironically, a week before she even received it, which means she'd already applied for it at that point, she had not one but two designer Louis Vuitton purses. And keep in mind, these purses are around $7,000 a piece. So that's fourteen grand if they're real and not dupes. spent on two designer purses in the middle of a pandemic when people are struggling and not even a week later, she gets a secondary PPP loan for over $100,000. Okay, now things are looking a little weird, right? And in this season, we are going to be breaking down each and every single one of these allegations. And I also have some guests that are gonna be coming on board. So there's a lot (laughs) that has unfolded during the lifetime of monkey feet. Again, this is monkey business for monkey feet. There's a lot happening. There's a lot of things that are going that is going on here. I'm talking thousands of dollars spent on show horses, thousands of dollars spent on new homes, new cars, renovations, twenty-four thousand dollars sectional that was purchased for a room in her house all these different rooms that are getting remodeled thousands of dollars there has now been allegations that have come forward that she is not had had not been paying her employees one of her her amazing employees who trusted her and believed in her so much had moved to Florida to spearhead getting it up and running at their new location in Florida and now that person no longer works for her and and it's just so sad because if you're a parent and you have children you're not going to uproot your family to move across the country unless you truly believe in what you're doing because you're leaving your support system you're leaving your family So you are moving your immediate family with you and leaving your extended family behind, going into a new state you've never lived in before, having to find a new home, uproot your family, get them registered in school if they're old enough, have them make make new friends. That is a lot. And as a parent, you're not going to just make that decision without really doing your due diligence ahead of time. And out of all of this, it come to find out they stopped paying on the warehouse in Florida. And that warehouse has won a lawsuit and is going after her for $255,000. The rest of the lease with them, they are now demanding in full. That's what's going on right now, okay? There's just so much happening. They, they sell a house and then they use the proceeds of that house to buy their, their house back in Jersey. They had a million dollar home in Jersey they sold and now they're in a, a less expensive house. Oh, it's just so, it's so much. It's so much. And, and this is why this season is going to be so long is because all of these allegations, all of these accusations, all of these things that have happened on this set timeline need to really be explored not just, hey, I heard this or, hey, I was told this. Th- that That's not good. That is not good. Yes, this this show is for entertainment purposes, absolutely. But the last thing I want to do is present facts that are one-sided. I want the facts to be accurate. That's why I do these deep dives. And so much has come to light about Rachel Fonso, including what's been going on, on on the news now that has picked it up. For a while there... Her shoes were not shipping. So all of these customers are out of money. And a lot of these customers used these shoes almost like an investment. They were able to use systems like Perpay or CESL, or is it Prepay? Perpay. Or CEZL where you could do payment plans. They wanted to invest in this, to have these nice shoes for their children, you know, something they couldn't normally afford. And they wanted to get them all up front and use it like an investment for their families. And so they use these options to be able to pay month by month by month. And then Rachel isn't sending shoes. And there's just excuse after excuse after excuse of, hey, I can't send them they're stuck in customs. Oh, they haven't been sent to me yet. Oh, we had a glitch with this. Now there's a patent that was stolen by Rachel herself. And this one was alleged until I dug into it and it legitimately happened. She straight up stole the patent from someone on the shoes. And, And we're gonna dig into that one more. And this is not uncommon. If you do not have an international patent A lot of Chinese manufacturers can replicate your patent. There's nothing you can do about it because it was done overseas. And your patent is not protected in another country. It's only protected where you filed for the patent unless you get an international one. And Rachel knew this. There are emails where she has been she knows it she knows she's doing it she knows it's patented she's trying to get permission when she didn't get permission she found a loophole a workaround and in my opinion I personally do not like Chinese manufacturers who do things like this yes it's good money but it's still theft yeah you don't have to follow this patent because it's here in the US But you know it's a patent, and you're basically just going, not my responsibility, not my problem. I'm getting paid for this, so I'm just going to go ahead and produce it, and it falls on them if anything happens. So this person who owns this patent had it stolen by Rachel, who then had her Chinese manufacturer replicate it to produce these shoes, which in turn got shipped back to Rachel here in the U.S. to then be sent to her customers. She put that poor woman out of business. This woman couldn't compete with her. She no longer can sell her shoes with her patent her design so in my opinion Rachel's absolutely responsible and if I were a patent attorney which I'm not so I could be wrong in this but I would pick this up in a heartbeat because Rachel was fully aware of knowing there was a patent on this design because she emailed the owner to ask for rights to use it when the owner told her no she still did it and there's in writing she still did it And then she used an outside-of-the-country manufacturer to replicate them. So she was fully in compliance. She's compliant at this point. She knew that that patent was being made out of the country and then had it shipped back to her so that she could sell it in the States. In my opinion, if I were a patent attorney, I would take her all over court like 50 shades of freaking negligence woman you're you're done I'm winning this case like end of story but again I'm not a patent attorney I'm not but all the proof is there that she was fully aware of this and still did it she still did it and it's just disgusting so here she is all these people have ordered these pre-ordered these shoes if you're not familiar with how manufacturing works in China There's a minimum order quantity, known as an MOQ, that has to be purchased before they will ship anything to you. Now, in Rachel's case, she already had a really good relationship with this manufacturer in China. So she was able to almost get around that after a certain point. But in the beginning, if you're trying to get things produced out of the States, especially in China, there is that MOQ. And what's really unfortunate about this whole situation is that people are taking advantage of what's going on with monkey feet to now try and create their own boutiques. And it's just asinine to me because these people are going, hey, I'm taking pre-orders. Hey, let's do the minimum order quantity. I need all these people to buy stuff so that I can hit my minimum order so I can bring in these shoes. But what happens when you don't hit the minimum? Are you going to be taking pre-orders like Rachel did and just scam these people out of money? Because guess what? That's what's happening. The Chinese manufacturer that, by the way, Rachel owes over $500,000 to at this point has their own group on Facebook. And the amount of disgusting, gross posts I'm seeing in there of people taking advantage of this situation is insurmountable. They are sitting there going, Hey, send me money pre-ordering these are the shoes that come from the same manufacturer as monkey feet we know the shoes are good ready let's go and people are hopping on it they really are they're like oh my gosh i never got my shoes from rachel this person's going to order these shoes i want in on it but if you're not doing your due diligence you're setting yourself up to be scammed you have no clue if this person is reputable. You have no clue if they know what they're doing as a business, how long they've been in operation, or if they're even gonna hit the minimum to be able to purchase your shoes. Are you gonna get your money back if they don't hit their minimum? These are questions you should be asking because I do not want this terrible situation to turn it into an opportunity for you to get scammed again. And if you're out of money and you're one of Monkey Feet customers, I know you a lot of you guys are stuck if you're listening to this show and you're not a part of the monkey feet Facebook group you need to get your butt in there there are so many people that have not been able to get their refunds and I think Rachel was anticipating that it is well past 180 day mark she was offering her customers refunds or gift cards and obviously if you got a gift card You're just going to purchase more shoes you're never going to get. But then she wasn't issuing refunds either. So it's now gotten to a point where people are having to reach out to their bank, do chargebacks. They're having to reach out to PayPal, Sezzle, all of these different third parties to try and get their money back. And they're stuck. They're stuck because it's well past 180 days. And what's worse is that before this whole situation blew up, you know, monkey business with monkey feet... And now back to the show. There were people that were so tired of waiting for their refunds that they were like, you know what? No, I don't believe you anymore. Fool me once, shame on me. Fool me twice, shame on you. I have waited long enough. I want my money back. So they filed chargebacks with their bank. And you know what Rachel did? She would then block them from her VIP group, block them from her buy, sell, trade group, and cancel any future orders that that person may have. And she made a post about it, and she made an email about it to all of her customers. Hey, if you file a chargeback, I'm going to punish you, is essentially what it was. It's taking, it's wasting my time, it's taking more money from me. You know, if you try to get a chargeback for one order, I'm going to cancel all your orders. And that's what she would do to people. When she was still very much, uh, what's the word? Not... She was very much aware. No, nope, no, nope, that's not the right context here. Because she's aware of what's going on. It's it's more like she was um, acknowledging things. When she was around on social media, she was getting nasty with people. This chargeback consequence that she created is only the tip of the iceberg. Before she went into hiding. So you've got all these people that are out. There's... There's some people that are out a couple hundred, and there are people that are out thousands of dollars. The last count that was made was there's 60,000 orders that were never completed, and over $2 million in money from customers like you and me. $2 million. And again, I think the issue here is that Rachel, in the beginning, she was doing so well making such great money. She was able to pay herself and her family. She was living this lavish lifestyle. She didn't want to let it go. She was borrowing from her company. And this is my theory. This is my opinion. I think in the very beginning, it was really easy to do. It was, Hey, I own an LLC. I'm, I deserve to be paid too, which absolutely you do as a business. And so she borrowed money and was, I'm just going to pay myself back you know, just get a little bit. Let's just pull a little bit in. I'm doing so well. I'll I'll make enough money to make it work. We'll be fine. And then she started getting greedy and pulling too much money out. So it got to the point where now she has all of these orders she needs to fulfill. She owes a ton of money to her manufacturer who will not ship any more shoes until she pays them. She commits wire fraud. She forges documents to show to so the manufacturer that money has been wired to them, which come to find out was fraudulent. It never actually happened. So she conned them into getting them to send her shoes so she could fulfill orders in hopes that it was gonna get there before they found out. And that's exactly what happened. And all of those shoes got shipped, but they never made their way to the customers. A couple of customers did receive their orders, but you guys, we're still at 60,000 orders and never got fulfilled. And that warehouse in Florida that they Lost. They also lost everything inside the warehouse and guess what? There were boxes upon boxes upon boxes of shoes. All these shoes that she conned her manufacturer into sending to her that's just sitting in this warehouse because she doesn't have the money to ship it out to her customers. She's out. So now she's getting desperate. And in de- when you're desperate, desperation makes you do crazy things. So she's like, okay, you know what? I'm selling these grab bags. Look, $10. So now $30 shoes are being sold for $10. But in my opinion, I think she just did that as a ploy to get more money and it turned it into a Ponzi scheme. She was, she essentially became Bernie Madoff of monkey shoes, a monkey feet, just a children's shoes. So monkey business for monkey feet. She became Bernie Madoff. It's just so crazy to me. It's like she ran out of money because she spent the money and then she needed money to fulfill these orders. So she borrowed from one person to pay the next person. That is the definition of a Ponzi scheme. But it exploded. It, it got so big and so overwhelming. There was no way she was going to recover from this. And she disappeared, she vanished absolutely vanished she's gone she is gone she has deactivated her social media she has removed herself off out of her VIP group the only thing that's still in there is a secondary profile she created that is essentially just an admin profile just so that she can maintain ownership of it but you can't reach her you cannot reach her the news stories that have picked up this story I understand as journalists they're trying to keep the facts accurate But they so undervalued, under whatever euphemism you want to use here. They did not portray the facts accurately. A lot of it said hundreds of customers are out of money. No, tens of thousands of people... 60,000 plus people are out of money. The admins in this Facebook group have done their due diligence in getting me the facts that I need for this podcast. And they have charts upon charts upon charts of of timelines and, and orders that never got fulfilled and catalogs of stuff and all of the information that's available publicly. And then the fans of mine on TikTok, they have reached out to me with even more information, which, oh my gosh, I have some tea to spill with that one just so much so if you've read about this on the news just just know it's so much deeper than you realize and it's so sad Two, just just to give you just to give you some real quick facts we're gonna we're gonna wrap it up with the facts ready 60,000 plus orders have not been fulfilled over two million dollars has been stolen from customers through orders that were never delivered $500,000 is owed to a manufacturer in China $255,000 is owed to the landlord of the warehouse in Florida. And that's just the start of it. She has filed filings with her LLC every single year until recently, which means that's public information. And we're going to do a deep dive into that one in another episode. That's what's going on, you guys. Now let's, let's fast forward to what's happening currently. I had someone reach out to me on TikTok that was like, hey, you need to know what's going on because she's doing something. And here's what happened. And I will put this up on my blog too, so you can see it. So she lives in Chesterfield, New Jersey or around there. Okay. This is what's so comical to me. So this fan of mine lives in the same town and they're part of a Facebook group for that town. And there was a flyer that was posted that was known as Crosswicks Cleaning. Hey, husband and wife team, we'll come clean your house, we'll organize, pet care, doesn't matter. Here's our number, give us a phone call. And it was a 609 number, which is a New Jersey number. Now that phone number is not registered to Rachel D'Alfonso. However, that doesn't mean that it's not a new number for her and the previous owner no longer has that number, but the previous owner's name is still popping up. Now, what gave her away is that on this flyer in the top right corner is a picture of the house she currently lives in. The lawsuit in Florida is public. It has her current address on it that she was served at. If you put that address into Zillow, boom, there's the front of the house, It's the same bush. It's the same tree shape. It's the same recycling container right there in the back by the garage. It's the same window shapes, same oval window, right by the door, same porch shape, same everything. It is her house. Okay. So I reached out to her, reached out to her. I emailed her and I was like, Hey, can we, um, let's talk, you know, I want to, I need my house cleaned," And I waited for a response. And my name's Rachel. So R-A-C-H-E-L. My name's Rachel. Give me a call, but you know, respond back. I want a quote. And I get this email back. Hi, Rachel. My name's Rachel too. And it's spelled R-A-C-H-A-E-L. The exact way that Rachel DelFonso spells her name. All right. Remember what I said about coincidences? Yeah, we're at evidence now. Third. Third up third time, fourth time, fifth time. That's all evidence. Here we have same town, husband and wife team, picture of her house, and now her name spelled Rachel, just like her name. And I responded back and I said, Hey, I have not been completely honest with you. I am actually an investigative journalist. I run a podcast and I would like to bring you on the show. I would like you to tell your side of this story unfiltered unbiased all of my guests get to direct their own episodes you need to tell your story and I want to give you the platform to do so I give you an option to reach millions of people now off obviously if she's in the middle of lawsuits and everything else her attorneys would be like no <laughs> so you know I was kind of like this probably is gonna be a no I, I, I understand legalese enough to know that if you're in the midst of crazy shit like this woman is right now, any attorney in their right mind would be like, you're not going to the press. <laughs> but I still wanted to ask. I still wanted to give her that option because I was already expecting the no. So here's what happened. In the beginning of the email, I actually said, hi, Rachel Delfonso. <laughs> Did I get a response back? Of course I didn't. Of course not. But... Her post disappeared, her flyer gone, and her brand new CrossFix cleaning business page on Facebook deleted, just like that. That was five. Fifth coincidence, which means it's not a coincidence. That was, in fact, Rachel Delfonso. So someone asked, I wonder what they're doing for a job now. I think we have that answer. I don't really know if she can find a job at this point. She is definitely going to get a lien or something put on her home or something along those lines because her condo was for sale and now it's been removed the listing's been it's no longer for sale. Sometimes that can occur when a home is pending a sale. It it can happen. But more than likely in my opinion, it's probably because a lien's about to be put on her home because of this lawsuit in Florida. So she has become infamous in her town, even in this Facebook group for her town. The news story about her was shared, and tons of people were, well, not tons, but people responded to it. So people know her now. They know that this Rachel D'Alfonso is scamming, but they don't know the extent of it. They don't realize how deep this woman is, how much monkey business has happened because of, well, monkey feet. Two million, two million dollars, you guys, has been stolen. And at the time of these news stories, only so many complaints have been filed with the inspector general. So if you're listening and you have, and, and this is going to be my real quick pitch to, to those of you who have been scammed by Rachel Delfonso, if you've been affected by this monkey business for monkey feet, you need to file complaints in your state you reside in because the theft was done, yes, through the internet, but you live in your state this is what you should be doing. Not only should you be reporting with the inspector general of your state, you should be reporting with the inspector general in Florida, where her warehouse was, as well as the inspector general of New Jersey. But you're not going to stop there. You're also going to make a complaint with not only the Better Business Bureau, which people have been doing, so keep it up, but you also are going to make a complaint anywhere else you possibly can. I'm referring to like FBI cyber crimes, okay? Okay make anonymous complaints to the Small Business Association about her PPP loan so that people can dig into it and see if it was actually spent how it was. I know a lot of people commented on my videos about this, stating that, oh, it was most definitely done accurately. Otherwise, her loan would have been forgiven. That's not accurate. The internet's free, you guys. And those of you who were or were negative in those videos, go look up how many people have been arrested recently for fraudulently submitting false documentation to get their loans forgiven. And I'll wait, because I promise you, they're still investigating it, and people are going to jail for a very long time because of it. So there you go. So on that note, it's also been a little interesting, um, where Rachel lives, and this is absolutely terrible, you guys. No matter what anybody has done, I do not condone borderline stalking or actually stalking that person. I don't care if they have a moving truck in their driveway. It's not okay to stalk someone to look at their life to see exactly what they're doing 24-7. This is what makes me different from any other journalist or the paparazzi. I'm not going to jeopardize someone's safety to get a story there has been reports given to me that a 1-800-GOT-JUNK truck was in her driveway that doesn't mean she's moving and last time I checked they don't really pay you for removing stuff you pay them for grabbing stuff out of your house we do know that Rachel has spent quite a pretty penny on furniture and other items in her home so who knows why this truck was there at the end of the day it's not really my business now I'm sure that some attorney out there might be concerned because if she is in fact throwing away assets, that'd be something to know. (laughs) So I understand wanting to help, but there's a fine line between wanting to be help and wanting, wanting to be helpful and wanting to seek revenge. So make sure that you are doing things for the right reason. Now, there has been conversations about people going, we should just do a class action lawsuit. And nobody knows where to start on that. It's actually a lot easier than I think people realize or give themselves credit for. They think it's going to be challenging. Uh, just to put it out there, if you are interested in get, gaining, getting, achieving, doing... All right, if you're interested in having a class action lawsuit against Monkey Feet and Rachel Del Fonzo, Attorneys do that pro bono. Basically what that means is they will file the class action lawsuit. They will take a portion of the money awarded. And then whatever's left is distributed to all the other people as part of that class action. The hard part is, is gathering your troops and then finding an attorney or a firm that's willing to take it on. So the first step is to get everybody on board. Go make a Google form. Go make a Google sign-up sheet and go, yo, have you been affected by Rachel D'Alfonso with the monkey feet, the monkey business for monkey feet? Cool. Sign up here to be part of the class action lawsuit. You can go onto Wix right now and create a website. In fact, I created one for you guys. Yeah, <laughs> I'm already ahead of you. <clears throat> I will literally get it up and running today if you want it. So I've already created you guys a website with a sign-up sheet. So anybody interested in doing a class action lawsuit, there you go. Sign up. Boom. Now you've got your list of people and now you guys can go out and find an attorney. That's it. I did the work for you. I got (laughs) y'all. So if you want it, just let me know. But yeah, this whole thing is just so crazy to me. I have, I have witnessed my fair share of scams. In fact, the reason why I am able to identify scams is because I was almost scammed once. And The way they did it was so crazy, absolutely insane. And I have a suspicious suspicion towards things that seem very scammy and I can find out really fun things that most people can't. Now, I wouldn't say I'm as awesome as like those hackers are able to hack into like the scam call centers in India. I can't do that. But I can do deep dives and find facts and things and put things together. Again, I don't believe in coincidences. You know, it's it's evidence. It's evidence. But the one thing I do want to say is that this monkey business for monkey feet is such a giant fucking shit show that it needs to be broadcast. It needs to be publicized because... This woman has gotten away with so much and there the only way she is going to be held accountable is if people report. is if the, the powers to be are made aware of this situation. The news has picked it up. That's awesome. And it's spread like wildfire, but it didn't get anywhere close to how bad it really is. So Use this this season here on Dread Talk season two. It's going to be deep diving into everything monkey feet again. This show this season is going to be called Monkey Business for Monkey Feet because that's exactly what fucking occurred. So there you go, episode one. That is a quick circle round roundabout circling back, big picture, little picture, whatever you want to call it. It is it is the beginnings. That is what's happening. The next few episodes or however many episodes a season ends up being is not only going to be guests coming on that have worked within Monkey Feet, but also people that have been affected, other small businesses that are terrified that this whole situation is going to turn people off from buying from small businesses. Because let's face it, those of us who own small businesses it's very hard to get sales because a lot of people do not have the faith in small businesses like they do in big corporations, which is just crazy. But it's because of people like Rachel. It's people like her that have ruined that. So people are afraid and very hesitant to purchase from small businesses because it's like, what if they run off with my money? What if I don't actually get what I want? What I ordered? What if it's false advertising? And before you know it, You're not buying from a small business anymore, and you're choosing rather to go with these big established companies. So please don't let Rachel D'Alfonso and Monkey Business with Monkey Feet affect you wanting to purchase from a small business. But please do your due diligence on a lot of these new boutiques that are opening up because they're crazy. And also, on that note, there is a specific boutique owner who is also taking advantage of this situation to use it to garnish what's the word? not fan what is it hold on guess we could say using it for the virility to make her shit go viral yeah anyway so there's a boutique owner hmm hmm and this is going to spill even more tea and I cannot wait for this to happen who is taking advantage of this situation not to sell shoes but to bring in sales but more so that her page goes viral so she gains more followers she's also about like looking at scammers and bringing a light to things but hmm, as part of me being me i have found some things about this boutique owner that she is also not trustworthy and the way she is as a person and as a customer service rep for her company and how she treats customers is disgusting absolutely disgusting and the reviews I've found and the experiences I've been told oh my god you should be ashamed of yourself and you're getting your own episode we'll just put it at that okay so stay tuned we're gonna have some guests on here we're gonna have even more deep dives into monkey business for monkey feeds you have finished up episode one that's essentially giving you everything in a nutshell so you know what to expect on this show so episode two we are going to do an even bigger deep dive into the stolen patent, because this is disgusting. So stolen, everything, just theft, is going to be in episode two. That is going to be about the stolen patent. That's going to be about the whole thing going on with the manufacturer in China, as well as the sketchy shit that's been happening with that Chinese manufacturer. Yeah, you guys, I unearth so much shit that it's not just Rachel you have to watch out for. Oh, but if it weren't for Rachel's actions, this consequence wouldn't happen that allowed me to find even more people with risky behavior you need to watch out for. Again, you are free to make any choice you want. You are not free from those damn consequences. So there we go. So next episode's going to be fun. There's going to be a guest in either three or four. I don't know when yet. Maybe we'll get lucky and Rachel will reach out to me and go, hey, I want to share my side of the story. And that's great. I think you should. I also think there's a lot of facts here that you need to take accountability for. And there's a lot of things that have been rather fucking disgusting at the end of the day. But I still do stand by firmly in what I told you, Rachel, if you're listening, please use my platform to tell your story. You and I will communicate like a conversation, like we're on the phone. You direct the episode. I might ask questions here and there, or I might try and keep the conversation flowing, but you get to decide what you say in that show. That's just kind of how that works. So just, if you want to be on the show, let me know, girl, and I will hook you up and you will get your own episode, okay? All right, that's it. That's all I've got time for today. Thanks for tuning in, you guys. Stay tuned for the next episode. (laughs) And every episode in season two This is Dread Talk, Season 2, Monkey Business for Monkey Feet. I look forward to hearing all your guys' comments on my blog, or you can go reach out to me on Instagram, as well as on my TikTok channel, all under Lady Dreadnought. Again, that is me, your host, here on Dread Talk. Thanks for helping us hit the top 20, and I'll see you guys in the next episode. I don't have a cool ending phrase, so stay fly. No, that's stupid. Hold on. Yeah, we're just going to end it with this. This is the same thing I teach my children and my husband teaches his children. Well, whatever. Don't be a dick. That's it. That's what we're going to end it with. Don't be a dick. Don't be an asshole. Just be smart about shit. And I'll see you guys in episode two. I'm out.